Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back and we're going right to the phones because I know this gentleman is going to have a lot of opinions on what happened with this weather during the week and how it affected our fishing. Mr. Nate Zielinski, what a different a week, difference a week makes. Oh, it's fantastic, Terry. You know, and, you know, just we all have been waiting for the fall bite, and it's been happening. And to be honest with you, it's been a pretty epic fall fishing thus far. Um, but as that water temperature drops even more, it even gets better. So uh, I can say that as a hunter, as an angler, um, that that storm that hit us Thursday is everything we dreamed of because it was cold enough to drop all of our temperatures, get all the animals and the fish in the full prime fall, you know, patterns, and now we're warming right back up. But the the water's not going to warm back up. The effects of that storm are not going to change. So it literally is exactly what we needed to to kind of increase and really get the entire fall started. Um, so we're very excited about that. And I got to say one thing, though. I was just listening to, to talk to our good friend Mark at Sun and, you know, talking about ATVs and, you know, all the side-by-sides and, you know, when is the time to, to make that purchase? You know, and talking about running a big truck and being a four-wheel drive type guy, you know, looking at leaves or hunting or backcountry fishing. Um, you know, I have a, a, a big F-350 Ford and literally, I mean, I have the 15,000-pound winch, the 37-inch tires. I can go about anywhere. But where all of a sudden it comes to me is when all of a sudden you have these expensive vehicles you know whether you have a twenty thousand dollar vehicle or an eighty thousand dollar vehicle at some point these trails get so rough on your vehicle you cause damage there's no doubt that every hunting season when i i get lazy and i don't use a side-by-side or i don't use my atv both from sun um you know all of a sudden you're doing body damage to your vehicle you're hurting axles and just a set of tires nowadays you know is fifteen hundred dollars no matter what size you're running so all of a sudden, I look at the wear and tear. You know, even if you spend a, a good portion of money and you buy a side by side for ten or fifteen thousand over the course of literally five years, which is nothing for that side by side, you pay it off on the wear and tear that you would normally put on your vehicle in in these outdoor excursions that you're doing. So I was talking to gentleman about this this week as he was trying to make the determination of of when to when to make that purchase. You know, if it's a good purchase and you look at the wear and tear on your vehicle and almost instantly you realize that the side-by-side or the ATV uh, is going to pay itself off very quickly in those situations. So just want to throw those two cents in there because I was having a conversation this week with a couple of outdoorsmen. Well, and I love the, the, the all the things they've added to make them so comfortable. As I get older, the comfort means a lot to me. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was in a, I was in a, one of the raid, the players Rangers down there this week. It, it has heat and AC and uh, yeah, there's no doubt no matter, uh, no matter what your age or your experience level, uh, the comforts of home are very nice. They are, you know, let's get back to the fishing. Now we talked about it and you're right because you said it, this helped drop the water temperature. The air is going to warm up, but the nights are going to stay cool. So the water temperature now will continue to drop and, it affects different fish in different ways. You get a cold front like this in the spring, and it virtually shuts you down. But you're absolutely right. I was talking to Austin Parr earlier that when you get this, we're going to see not only the front range fishing, but we're going to see pickup in the mountain fishing. Uh, lake trout and browns are going to get triggered. 
And then there's all the hunting opportunities. It's almost at that point where it's hard to choose what to do, Nate. Oh, absolutely. You know, and in like, well, so we'll start off with the mountain fishing. You know, we always, we talked about it last week on the show. We talked about the magic 55 degrees is when everything really gets into full swing. But if you are an angler targeting lake trout, targeting pike, targeting big rainbows and browns, our magic, like the, the ultimate of all ultimate is 48 to 52 degrees on the surface temperature. That is when there is no doubt, no matter where you're at, you are catching fish. That is that prime window to where the water's cold enough to where they know they have to bulk up for winter, but warm enough to where their metabolism hasn't slowed down. When you drop below 48, it doesn't stop it by any means. It just slows it down a skosh. But between that 48 and 52 is literally the magic four-degree zone to where the pike, the lake trout, the rainbows, the browns, um, literally almost lose their mind. And the best fishing of the entire year is in that window. Now, your South Park Lakes, your North Park Lakes, Middle Park, all of these fisheries have been hovering at that, like, 55, 54, you know, warming up to, to high 50s during the day. Um, and that front is going to push us down to that magic 48 to 52 where we need to be for that epic fishing. So we are very, very excited about that. So really the next 10, 15 days in the high country um, is going to be the best fishing of the entire year and more than likely probably the best opportunity at the biggest fish of the entire year. So really excited to see all those opportunities in the high country and then same thing for the walleye uh obviously a uh, very mellow fall i would say even though it's been kind of cool um we haven't had any of these, these really cold nights to drop that temperature and same thing that every time we get colder it does a couple of different things number one it gets those fish fired up because again they feel winter coming they know they need to bulk up on their weight so that's huge but the biggest thing it does for us in a fall situation is it gathers the fish you've heard us talk about it in the past but right now whether you're fishing Boyd, fishing Chatfield, Cherry Creek, Pueblo, Jackson Bar, wherever you're walleye fishing right now, you're going to find fish before Thursday. So early this week, last weekend when you're out, you can find walleyes in as shallow as four or five feet. You can find them in deep water up to 30 feet and everywhere in between. So there's so many opportunities when the bait fish are spread, when the walleyes are spread. And it's nice because you can, as an angler, you can find a fish for your strength as a technique. But the problem is their fish are very spread, so it's just a handful of fish here and there. We've been waiting for a cold front to get those shad nervous, to get the shad to ball up. Once our bait fish ball up and they get tight, and this is exactly what we need, just a shocking cold storm. Once that bait fish tightens up, then it gathers. And once the bait gathers, the walleyes gather. So now you are seeing very significant patterns of where those walleyes are going to be. So now instead of being spread out in a 15 to 20 foot, 30 foot um, you know, depth range of where you're going to find those fish, now they're going to tighten up into more than likely probably a five to eight foot range. So you're going to find a magic depth of, of 12 foot, 14 foot, 18 foot. Um, you're going to find those magic depths tightening up and all those fish are going to gather. So now it's going to be much easier to, to locate the fish. You're going to see them on the graph because they're going to be deeper and they're going to be grouped up big. So instead of one or two fish, you're going to find big schools of 20, 30, 40 fish. Um, so really excited to see the walleyes gather up um, and just in in time, well, I will say, for this big moon. Um, so really, you right now have colder temperatures. You have the power of a big moon. Um, so daytime fishing, nighttime fishing um, is literally in full swing right now. And to, to be honest with you, 
If you are an angler looking for numbers of fish, I would go out with, with reaction baits, blade baits, jigging wraps. On all these front-range fisheries, you're going to catch a bunch of fish. If you are looking for a once-in-a-lifetime walleye, you're looking for that double digit, whether that's a 10-pound fish or a 15-pound fish. If you're looking for the biggest fish of the year, it's probably right now. We always talk about springtime around spawn, but a lot of times our lakes are kind of, in between open water and ice when these fish are going through their pre-spawn stage. Um, and then obviously they, they go immediately into spawn. But a fall fish, as far as a big trophy walleye, they're bulking up right now. They're gaining weight. They are as fat about now as they will be in the entire year. And the effects of this full moon are going to make it a very great possibility because it just tied right with the colder water drop and the full moon. If you go out in low light periods of the day, early in the morning, late in the evening, even after dark, um, and you start fishing some larger jerk baits, some larger swim baits, um, you're going to have the opportunity of probably the biggest walleye of the year. It's been a couple years since we've had a drastic water temperature drop tied with a full moon uh, to line up the conditions like they are right now for big fish here in Colorado. So if you're a hardcore walleye guy, you're looking for that once-in-a-lifetime fish, um, right now is the time to get out there and target that big fish. You know, one point I don't want to glaze over that you brought up that I think is so important, a lot of people have been out over the last few weeks, and like you said, there's been good fall fishing. But it hasn't been what we consider, you know, the fall fishing taking off. And I'm talking the walleyes now on the front range. Uh, but uh, so a lot of them were trolling. They were covering water. They were using techniques that they run and gun or moved a lot. Now you're going to have to depend on your electronics or if the fish are up shallow in a low light period, you're going to have to fish very precise areas. Don't uh, you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would kind of look at all those situations. So daytime 100 percent i am glued to my graph there's times a year where you can get away with your graph being simply a depth finder but right now you need to put that pay attention to it you know watch all the videos we've all created you know Dan swanson has videos out there i have youtube videos on it you have videos on it we all have videos on youtube or our websites about using and utilizing your electronics for the greater good watch some of that stuff learn how to use your graphs because right now if I don't see fish on the graph, I 100% am not fishing. So I am very precise about if my graph goes empty, I am moving to stay on top of those fish. So my graph is huge for me on the daytime fishing. And the nighttime fishing, a lot of times I'm going to be fishing shallow water points, weed lines. So I'll be utilizing my side scan in the night in, on the night side of things. So I'll keep my boat off of the fish, and I'll be looking at my side imaging up on those shallow water areas to locate fish that way. If I don't have side imaging, I actually want to go out, let's say I'm fishing tonight, I'll go out at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and I'll locate those bigger fish just off of the points, just off of the flats, just off of the shoreline. And I know that once it gets dark, they're going to move into that shallower water chasing shad, chasing young rainbows. Um, so you can find the fish daytime as long as you have a good idea and kind of can anticipate where those big fish are going to move to. Um, so again, I'm using electronics in both situations, whether I'm, you know, marking those fish during daylight, anticipating them to move or side imaging them after dark. Um, but then daytime, 100% glued to that graph and, and making sure that I am on top of the fish. Again, if my graph goes uh, goes dry, I am moving with that to stay on top of the fish because I know this time of year those fish are deep and I want to make the most of my time. Every cast is going to count this time of year. No, you're absolutely right. I want to switch things up on you, Nate, and talk a little bit. Well, you talked about the mountain fishing and both mountain and the front range with this water temperature drop, 
You know, we've got fish that were stocked last spring, and then the water got warm and they went deep. We've got a lot of lakes that have been stocked in the fall as we head because they want them there for ice fishing. And then when the ice goes off, and a lot of places like Granby with the lake trout and a lot of the lakes you fish, uh, I know you guys guide and you have a lot of people out there, and a boat is the best way to move around. But this is also a time when a shore angler can get out for the trout especially and do really well. You know, honestly, Terry, just in the last day, I mean, just since that storm hit, right now, we're you know, talking like spinning, talking Antero. Last week, we had shallow fish and deep fish. Literally, since that storm hit us on Thursday, we had a mass migration of fish move shallow. So majority of our fish, if you booked a guide trip with us for tomorrow, for today, whatever, um, you're going to spend majority of your time in less than five feet of water. So whether we're in a boat or we're on the shoreline, we're fishing the same fish. So shallow water, big rainbows right now, big browns. All my dedication, time, and energy is in less than five foot. So, again, from a boat or from shore, you're targeting the same exact fish, which is very nice. Your big lake trout are now spawning. Um, so I shouldn't say big, but big or little. Uh, most of the time you're catching those, those younger males and a lot of those immature fish. But same thing, that bite is in shallow water. So from shore, Absolutely. And I don't think you can ever overlook the big browns right now. Matt Inslee last week had a, had a heartbreaking loss, uh, but he had a brown at Spinney that was probably pushing that 15 to 16 pound mark. We were all on the boats. We were all watching it. Uh, and we literally watched this fish jump and spit the jerk bait. Um, but opportunities that some absolute giant fish are taking place right now. So big browns, big rainbows, all of those fish are shallow in this kind of transition season. So again, no matter where you're fishing from, you're, you're on the same fish right now. It's a very equal opportunity. What kind of presentations are you using for those trout? You know, right now for trout, for the rainbows, we have two presentations. We're swimming tubes. You. You've heard us talk about it a lot. Again, it's, we, we kind of, you know, I, I give Will Dykstra all the credit, but we're taking, you know, at spinny, unscented, unsalted tube jigs. And we're literally swimming them in a walk-the-dog motion um, just subsurface. So we're taking a bait that normally is used for jigging, and we're working it back very aggressive, almost like a jerk bait or a topwater bait where you're just really aggressively working that bait, swimming in the water column. We're also fishing a lot of Tasmanian devils. So spooning for these fish, uh, very aggressive, fast crank, heavy twitch, uh, or the tube jig swimming those back is doing very well. Um, for the big pike right now, we're doing a lot of oversized swimming bait, 8, 10, 12-inch swim baits, uh, and really slow rolling those back, as well as a lot of very large jerk baits. Um, and then for the big browns that are spawning right now, um, there is no better bait out there. We literally fish one bait. We're fishing a, a size HJ14 husky jerk, so it's a shallow running husky jerk, 7 inches. Uh, it's fishing all the chrome patterns, blue chrome, um, green chrome, which is a Tennessee shad. Uh, but those chromed out husky jerks, fish very slow for the big browns, uh, are doing very well right now. Yeah, how long is Spinny open before they'll close the boating? It's going to be until the end of the month. Yep, so we uh, we got, whatever, 21 more days, or 20, 20 18 days until the end of the month, and, uh, and that's when she'll be shutting down. Before I let you go, you got to admit to me that when that temperature dropped in single digits, you started looking around for ice on the water. Oh, there's no doubt. I actually uh, joined a friend of mine this week on a moose hunt, uh, and up in the high country at 13,000 feet, 
the, the, all the ice and the beaver ponds couldn't quite hold me up, but I'll tell you what, it was very close. I, I tried to walk on a couple of them, uh, and there's no doubt. We start seeing those single digits in the hills. I even saw a negative temperature up in elevation. Uh, so it is coming soon, I can tell you for sure. Uh, I actually went to Bass Pro this week, stocked up on some ice fishing gear because they have it out. Um, ice is right around the corner. And with that, we have our season tickets for sale for ice addiction coming up this Tuesday. So the 15th. Season tickets go on sale for ice addiction. It's the first time we've ever done it. You can buy one ticket to, to fish all four events. Those tickets are discounted $10 per event. Uh, so huge savings, opportunity to have one ticket first on the ice. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page or our website for more information. But season tickets for ice addiction go on sale Tuesday. So very excited about that. Yeah, I know. I was well, I was up in Minnesota last week, and then it was still warm, but but it got cold up there for a while, but not cold enough. Then I got down here, and I had dinner on my patio. It was eighty degrees. The next day, it was twelve. But you know, and, and I'm saying, you know, it's it is just you just got that feeling that everything fall is it, about here, and not far behind that. Yeah, the ice stuff. Well, Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Great stuff as always. I think the hardest thing right now is deciding where to go because there's just tremendous opportunities where do they find you it got, they... You... go ahead follow our lead drop the sleep right now give up on sleep and take advantage of every opportunity you possibly can again yeah, the things uh, that... all the stuff for our ice addiction website and our facebook page uh everything's at tight line outdoors again make sure everybody signs up for their season tickets tuesday morning at 8 a.m for ice addiction yeah the biggest hindrance to um getting good fishing is usually having a job and sleeping too much so that's it. Hey, Drop I heard there was Take one advantage. guy. There was one guy in my neighborhood who was actually out painting the house where Karen could see him instead of fishing. I mean, think of the pressure that puts on me. That is not a good decision. No, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Close the blinds in that situation. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. Talk to you soon. Bye. Nate Zielinski. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about some of the contests we got going and the trivia and all lots of other things on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. And we are going to give something away. I'm going to give away a signed copy from Kirk Dieter of the Little Red uh, book of fly fishing. You know, there's, this was a kind of a type of book started with one on golf. I believe the little red book of golf and it's aimed, but the one on fly fishing written by Kirk is aimed at both the very, very beginner to the very advanced amateur. It's not a book that you read from cover to cover, but it's one you open up and you read tips or you say, I'm having trouble with this. You find that chapter and whether, whether it's, um, the elements of fishing, the cast, the presentation, reading the water, selecting flies, or some of the best techniques or secrets that they that are shared in this book makes it so phenomenal. So back in uh, 1998, when I took over the uh, Fan Outdoors, the outdoor radio show, it had been briefly hosted by somebody else for just a short period of time. That somebody else went on to be a big part of the show doing a segment for many years. The first caller at 303-713-1043, that's 303-713-1043, that can tell Karen the name of the person that briefly hosted the outdoor show on the radio here prior to my taking it over in 1998. We're going to have Kirk Dieter send uh, an autographed copy 
of uh, the Little Red Book of Fly Fishing. And Kirk is just, uh, oh, by the way, Kirk Dieter is going to uh, be joining me, not joining me, he's going to be taking my place November 16th. For those of you that don't know, Kirk is uh, an editor-at-large for Field and Stream magazine. He is a, um, he is the uh, editor of Trout Magazine, which is the official magazine of Trout Unlimited. He works in uh, Fly Fishing Retail, that magazine. The man is everywhere. His resume is uh, longer than uh, than my uh, than I have time to go through. And Karen, as soon as we have a winner, let me know. And we're we're going to. I want to tell you about trivia. You know, if you were following my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook, you would have known this trivia question was coming today, and you would have known the answer. And so, as soon as I know that we've got an answer, I'm going to read what Karen posted. On our um, on our Facebook page, and uh, okay, we've got a winner. So Karen posted this on Facebook a few days ago. Prior to 1998, when I took over the outdoor show on the fan, it was briefly hosted by an icon in Colorado outdoors, Charlie Myers, from the Denver Post. Charlie was a friend and a mentor and an inspiration to all of us in the outdoor media. Of course, we lost Charlie. Charlie continues as a mainstay continued as a mainstay on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors for many years, doing a weekly segment with live reports from the field. And I can't tell you how much I valued and respected what Charlie brought to the show and to my life. Long before I started doing this radio show, Charlie would write articles about me. He was involved. He mentored me. He would uh, cover our television show with Karen and myself. So the book we're giving away, The Little Red Book of Fly Fishing, uh, it actually was co-written by Kirk Dieter and Charlie Myers. So you need to uh, just, uh, whoever, Karen is going to send that, but you need to follow us, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Karen will post trivia during off and on during different weeks, and you never know when that trivia will come up, and you could win a great prize. We're lining up more prizes. But remember, the answers will be on our Facebook page. So like us and follow us, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. And there's just lots of good information there. We'll take a time out. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk more outdoors on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going right to the phones, and one of our longtime partners and favorite contributors is joining us, Darren Lindsay from A&A Toppers. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Terry. How you doing, buddy? You know, I'm as much as we needed that cool-off to kick things off, and I know as a duck hunter you're going to be anxious to see if it moves the northern ducks and geese down, uh, but I was glad to see the sunshine again. I wasn't quite ready for single digits. It gave us a quick little blast of what's coming, I hope. Yeah, I know. Hey, speaking of getting the outdoors, I know we want to talk a lot about A&A Toppers. You've got some new products that people need to be aware of, and with the seasons changing, there's things they need to think about. But you're also an avid angler. I know the brown trout are just getting into the spawn, probably going to really take off now, but I think you were out chasing them. How'd that go? Yeah, we actually uh, got a little couple days off the other day on the Colorado River. Took my snug top rep, business partner, Greg. We went out and got after it on the uh, drift boat. Floated up by Pump House and down by Two Bridges and had a great time on the river. It was awesome with the leaves changing. I know it's hunting season as well, but it's also fishing season as well, Terry. We had a great time and caught a bunch of browns, a couple big rainbows as well. 
were any particular techniques that the Browns seemed to be in the spawn already? Or They were much more aggressive. As soon as we put the fly rod away, we caught about eight or ten on the fly rod, and then we started putting some jerk baits out there and threw it at shore, and well, we caught about 20 or 30 on the, uh, the jerkbait. So, yeah, we had a blast. Wow, when they get aggressive this time of the year, it really is it can be fun. And, and, you know, for the most part, you're talking, you know, probably 12 to 20, 22-inch fish. But every now and then you'll hook that one that you go, oh, my God, you know. I need to uh, get one. I haven't got one of those big ones on the Colorado yet, but that's why you go out there and try to get it done so that when you do get that big one, it just puts that smile on your face. Oh, it does. They're catching those big ones up at uh, Delaney's now on jerkbaits. I'm talking huge ones, too. But let's talk a little bit about what's going on at your place. Um, you got a new product. Uh, am I saying it right? Tupi or Tupu rooftop tents? Tell me about it. Oh, those. yeah, yeah. Well, as the last few years, you know, this overlanding, getting outdoors with tents that are no longer on the ground, but they go up on top of either racks or roofs of vehicles. I mean, they've been around for a long time, but they've just really, really caught fire here the last few years. And a new rooftop tent company, they've been around forever, but we've we've picked them up, Tapui Tents. They're out of, uh, I think they're out of California, but no, we've, we've been selling a bunch of tents. And I just want to make sure the listeners knew that rooftop tents are now available over here. We've, we haven't really had them before. We also carry the Yakima tent line as well. So we've got some rooftop tents, and there's, there's a lot of Tapui tents running around. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew about them. Well, you know, another thing that this time of the year, anybody who got in and out of their car Thursday knows that uh, I, I love the tr- my truck has the WeatherTech liners. You guys carry those too. Oh, yeah. We're one of the largest WeatherTech dealers in the state. That's kind of a... I call it a no-brainer here with uh, what we do all the time when we're running out to the field with, you know, dirty hunting boots or, or wet wading boots or what heck. Those weather techs saved my saved my floors the other day with Greg and Corky getting out of the getting out of the boat and getting out of the truck. Yeah, those weather tech liners are awesome. You know, we're getting we got you just mentioned we got fall fishing, we got fall hunting. We're not that far from ice fishing. A lot going on. What are some of the accessories? And we'll talk a little bit about the toppers, but what are some of the things you can really do to outfit somebody's truck to make it ready for whatever activities they do? Well, you mentioned the winch and the grill guard stuff, Terry. Uh, you know, I've got, I've mentioned, I've gotten stuck up in the flat tops one time on an elk trip and had a somebody come and get me out with their winch and ever since then everybody here runs a winch so that we can uh we can get out of those areas so make sure that if you if you need to get out in that field to make sure that a winch is part of the uh part of the accessory line um that deck product that i sent you you know some additional storage that you've always talked about to cover up all this expensive gear we get that kind of i guess complements the caps and tonneau covers um we're doing a little special on decked Right now, where if you purchase a deck, you get a free $50 D-Box accessory. So we're doing that just from A&A. Um, also, the truck vaults. We uh, I just sold truck vault to a competitive shotgun shooter friend of mine here that's trying to make the United States Olympic team, Nick Muschietti. Nick's, uh, Nick's got a truck vault from me here about six months ago. And then the cat pack, the additional storage, which I run in my truck. There's couple pistols and a couple shotguns right in my truck as we speak right now up in the topper. So additional storage for all that gear to get us out in the outdoors is uh, is something you can get here at A&A Toppers. Well, you, know, you talk about the deck storage and you talk about the cap pack and the vaults. One of the neat things is they go in and they give you a secure storage area, but they still leave it open to haul so many other things, either on top or under, depending on what you have. So you still have a full 
size of your bed to do things. Yet, you know, you park at a trailhead nowadays and stuff, and you just don't know. People think you're going to be gone for a while. All all people aren't as honest as we are, and you just it's nice to know that that expensive shotgun, that camera, that bow can be put away and protected, Darren. Yep, absolutely. You bring up a good point. A good friend of mine, I was over at the Polk's family last night and actually frying up some walleye and a wild turkey that the sun shot the other day. And Mark had just been in here, and he bought, and he first thing out says, well, what about my dog kennel? He put a cap pack in his topper, dog kennels fit, no problem. So if you're worried about space and manageability, the, generally we can find a good, good enough solution to be able to get the hunting dog kennel in there as well. Well, and of course, you carry Lear and Snug Top toppers. I've had both on my truck from you guys. Right now I'm running a Snug Top. Uh, to me, it just makes my truck that outdoor utility vehicle that I need to have. Uh, you know, as you know, I keep my fishing gear in the summer and my ice fishing gear in the winter in my truck all the time. You never know when you're going to have to make an emergency fishing stop. And I don't have to worry about digging it out of the snow or I can keep it away from prying eyes. And So what's going on in the topper world? Right, Ness, with, uh, with Lear and Snugtop, that's just the mainstay of what we really do. Yes, we sell a bunch of other accessories, but it is so important. I mean, I don't know how what percentage of my customers are fellow outdoorsmen and friends, like you mentioned. It, it just really does help make your outdoor activity so much more convenient, secure, to where, like you said, you never know when you're going to want to pull over off the side of the road and pull out that fishing rod and make a few casts because yeah toppers are toppers are good and that's uh that's something that we've been doing here and together for a long long time i i think you're going to offer a little special to my listeners is that right yeah i want to help out all those friends of terry wickstrom like you uh like you mentioned we're gonna we've been having some coupon specials here that come and go but i want to offer everybody that uh, listens to terry's show and knows terry and hopefully knows us as well, that we're going to double our uh, our coupon specials. Normally those are about 100 to $150. We're going to go ahead and double those for anybody that uh, is interested in, in getting a truck cap here for the uh, for the winter months that are upcoming. we got that quick blast, and if you want to uh, come on down, we're going to give you a double coupon special for the friends of Terry Wixer. Just mention they heard you on the show? Mention they heard us on the show, and we'll be happy to take care of them. All right. Hey, one one quick other thing. Is this cold blast going to send the ducks and geese south? I know you're an avid duck hunter. Absolutely. That's what we're hoping. We need a couple more of those to uh, get some of those mallards down. Brad Peterson's going to join us after you, and I think he'll probably update us on that. But it's just, as much as I didn't like to see single digits yet, it just fall is in the air, and now the hunting and fishing is going to be so good for the next few weeks. Yeah, you listened to Nate a second ago. You know, you got to get those right temperatures, and it's it may be cold. Put the gloves and the coat on and go go catch them and go shoot them. All right. People want more from you, Darren. How do they get find you guys? Yeah, easiest way, our two stores. We've got the Colfax store just east of Wadsworth, Greg and Joe and Tony up there, and then my store down here with Terry and Chad. Uh, come on down, but the easiest way to find us, aatoppers.com. We'll be happy to help everybody out and hopefully have a great hunting and fishing fall. All right. Mention you heard him here on the show and get a double coupon on a Lear or Snug Top. Thanks, Darren. All right, Terry. Talk to you soon, buddy. You bet. That's Darren from A&A Toppers. Been a tremendous partner. You know, support the people. That's... We have longtime sponsors. We have very few sponsors that come and go. And the people that support this show bring us the information we're able to bring you. As I said, when I was talking to Darren, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Brad Peterson's going to join us, and I'm sure we're going to talk some hunting and some fishing on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. 
Eagles take it to the limit. Joe Walsh helped write this song, and I think, oh, who else? He had some outside collaboration on this. Great song. Anyway, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, uh, who's a frequent contributor to the show and covers a lot of different topics, Brad Peterson. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. You know, I, I we've been talking a lot of fishing on the show, but everybody that talked fishing has talked about how not only is that cold spell probably going to really trigger the fall bite for fishing, but it's really getting things moving hunting. The big game is moving. You know, the doves obviously left, but now the you know we're not that far away from upland game. But what I heard throughout today was, Man, I hope this gets those northern waterfall moving down. So I want to talk some fishing with you, but let's start there. What's going on with the waterfall? Well, waterfall, you know, the mountain zone, foothill zone opened last weekend. And the guys along the foothills haven't been doing too good. It was still kind of warm, but the guys up in the mountains have been doing real good for the resident birds up there. Now, today is the opening day for the northeast zone. And... With the northeast zone, we had some teal in the early season. That cold spell seems to have pushed some of those out, but we do have our first push of gadwalls and ridges and those early migrators. I don't think we got quite as many as I was hoping we'd get, but from what I'm hearing out there, guys are doing pretty good today, uh, opening day. And then I talked to some guys that were up in Canada last, uh, just this week, and they said on Wednesday, the ducks left Saskatchewan, and they said as they were driving down, Montana was just covered with birds. So those birds are starting to make their move down. I think we'll keep seeing a trickle coming down, and our next cold front should really push a ton of birds down. And that's probably what it'll take, right? That cold front, they'll start trickling down, and if we get another blast of cold air, that'll send them down. And you got to kind of watch that weather. What are, the resident ducks, we've talked about that. In fact, I wrote an article for the Denver Post on both North Park and the uh, San Luis Valley are pretty good. How lo- Did this push a lot of those out now, or will there still be pretty good resident ducks? You know, the early migrating, the teal, the gadwall, the widgeons that you find up there in the mountains, they're going to be pushing out. What you will get is you'll get a push of the Wyoming, at least in North Park, you'll get a push of the Wyoming birds from their mountains, the mallards, and particularly the divers, will show up in real big numbers. And so I've heard that the Laramie area has a bunch of birds in it. I'm sure that some of those have trickled down here along the Fort Collins, you know, that front range area, but some of them probably went right to North Park. And you're going to, you know, you'll see good hunting in those mountain areas. The species may change, but you're going to have good hunting until they freeze up. And I'm guessing that's, you're still looking you know, from the weather forecast, you're a couple weeks away from freeze-up, so there's still two, three more good weeks to get on some birds up in the mountains. That's good. Hey, um, the with the somebody starting out to want to do waterfall hunting in Colorado, maybe they moved here. You know, it's a little different than if you're up in Minnesota or you're along the Mississippi or something. Uh, the Parks and Wildlife has a lot of blinds and uh, and locations you can reserve and hunt. But if somebody wants to get started, is that almost necessary to maybe get a guide for a trip or two and then learn all about it and then go out and try using those blinds? You know, if you've never waterfowl hunted at all, 
I would suggest getting a guide and going out there for a couple trips just to see if you like it because there is some cost and investment in it. A lot of the stuff maybe you already have, you know, waders and, you know, a camouflage coat, but the decoys and all that is pretty specific to waterfall hunting. What I would tell people is if you're brand new to the sport and have never waterfall hunted anywhere else, you can call any one of the guide services. There's a lot of them. I guide waterfall hunting. You know, Jeff Caldwell, who calls into the show a lot, calls walk, uh, does waterfall hunting as well with uh, Front Range Guide Service. And, you know, go out with one of us, take a look. If you have waterfall hunted somewhere else, the thing with Colorado is, is we kind of have three different seasons or, or times with which you're going to target different types of hunting. You start off looking for the ponds and the seasonal wetlands. That's going to last till about the 1st of November. From the 1st of November till Thanksgiving, the birds move to the big reservoirs, your jumbos, your pruits, uh, Jackson, and where they allow some honey. After that, then they start moving to the river bottom. And the state provides opportunity both, you know, including ponds, reservoirs, and river bottom along the whole northeast region of the state. They've got uh, reservoirs and river bottom down in the southeast as well. So you kind of just have to think with what time of the year you're hunting as to where you want to target and you're going to be most successful. All right, let's change things up a little bit, Brad. And I know you've been out on the boat. You laughingly offered to take me out on Thursday when it was single-digit temperatures. I almost put Terry, my... That was a sincere offer. I almost I put... I wanted you to feel like home. I almost put my, my ice-fishing blue suit on and met you. But <laughs> uh, but speaking of that, um, I know you and I talked prior to the cold front, and you've been hitting some real big fish but the fish were spread out, and numbers were a little harder to come by. There was a fall bite, but it wasn't the traditional fall bite. I don't know if you've been out yet because that front just went through, but what do you think we're going to be looking at first, the front range here? Well, very similar to what Nate was saying earlier. The shad, I think, should finally start schooling up, and so you should start seeing those concentrations of fish. Instead of marking one or two fish on your depth finder, you're going to start marking a lot more. You know, and that's the big thing. Once this, the true fall bite gets going, you know, you're going to target and use your electronics to find out where um, the fish are and make sure that you're fishing fish. The, prior to the front, they were so spread out that trolling lead core seemed to be the most effective way to be able to cover water and put your bait in front of the most fish out there and then pick up the bites. Now... With this cold front concentrating the bait, I'm going to go to the reaction bites, jigging wraps, uh, and spoons are my two favorites. If you talk to my tournament partner, Charlie Black, he'd probably tell you he's going to be fishing a blade bait. Any one of those is good, but it's it's a big time to be out there. If you're looking for the warm water fish, you know, say you're fishing Jackson or Sterling or Boyd, any one of those, look for the schools of bait and then look for the, the fish below them. And the other thing that's happening right now for the anglers who want to get out and just have fun, I know earlier this week, Boyd was getting stocked with trout. Our fall trout stockings are picking up along the front range. So the shore anglers and the people that want to go pursue trout, those fish are getting put in. There's not nearly as much pressure. They're kind of new and 
and usually when the fish just get stuck, they, uh, they're pretty cooperative about biting. You know, that's a great point, and I brought that up a couple times earlier in the show, and I want to expound on that a little bit. You know, all these front-range lakes are stocked with trout, and during the summer you don't see many of them because they end up going deeper because the water gets warm, especially the heat we had in uh, July and August this year. But as this water cools now, those trout are more comfortable coming to shore. If they have any brown trout at all, they're going to be looking to spawn. The rainbows will follow them. All of a sudden, that shore angler, it's not only the fish they're stocking right now that they're being stocked on the uh, these places, but a lot of fish that were stocked last year or this spring that are holdover fish that were just deep and inaccessible. So you get a lot of action from recently stocked, but you can get some bigger holdover fish too, and you don't need a boat to chase them, Brad. No, you don't. And, and don't be surprised, you know, if you decide to throw – you know, a jig, whether it be a, a hair jig or a jig in plastic or maybe a smaller jerk bait, that's going to catch trout. It's going to catch bass in there. You have a chance of getting some big crappies. And as the, the light goes down or if you, you're out on a cloudy day, you know, you've got a good chance of catching walleyes in there. All the fish are going to, you're going to have a chance to catch a lot of different species from the shore right now. I would try to find something a spot to fish the shore that has access to deeper water, whether that's a dam, a point, something like that that has that access to deeper water. That's what a lot of fish look for in the fall. But um, if you do that, you're going to catch a wide variety of fish. And like you say, there's some nice holdover trout. I caught a few of bo- out of boy that were 16, 17-inch trout. And those are a lot of fun. 30 seconds, Brad. If you were going fishing tomorrow, it's supposed to be a beautiful day. Where would you go? Well, I would probably go to either Boyd or St. Vrain has been producing quite a few panfish. So those would be the two in the northeast front range that I would look at. All right. Brad, thank you so much for joining us, and we seriously do have to get out in the boat. My travel schedule has been terrible, but we'll figure it out. Sounds good, Terry. Thanks. Brad Peterson, always a wealth of information. So if you were listening earlier today, we gave away a, tr- uh, a prize on a trivia question. We're going to try to kick up the trivia. We're still lining up some prizes. It won't be every week. But I want to really get the trivia going. And if you want to have the answer when we ask the question, you need to like us and follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors because Karen will post information that will answer the trivia the week before the question comes on. You're also going to get a lot of other great information on that page. So follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Join us every Saturday right here from 9 uh, 9 to 11. And always stay tuned to The Fan for more sports on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan.